Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we'll be finishing Acts chapter number 4, and we have been in this chapter, I think eight Bible studies, maybe, uh, maybe nine, and uh, we'll wrap it up today. And if you've missed the prior Bible studies, it will be a help to you if you go back and listen. That way you can get the entire context of this chapter. Also, this chapter is a continuation of chapter three, the events of it are. So you need to listen to those as well. All of the book of Acts that we've studied, all of the book of uh, Romans, Galatians, first and second Corinthians, first uh, and second Peter, the epistles of John, all of those are available and more on the podcast, verse-by-verse Bible studies, and I believe that'll be a help to you as you, like me, just try to get to know our Bible a little bit better. And if you've listened, you know all I do is just really read the text and make some comments on it, explain some things here and there, and make an application to our life. We only have a short time together, but it's a little Bible shot, booster shot, if you will, in the arm every day. And I'll tell you this much, you won't go overboard on Bible. We don't need less of it. We need more of it in this day and hour. So take a moment and uh, download the podcast, Striving for Revival. It's free for you, and that way you can listen if you don't catch us on the radio. I do want to take a moment, as I do sometimes, and say thank you to the radio station that you're listening to me on, whether it be KNVBC or one of these other networks that carry us or your local station. And why don't you take a moment and write to those people, those ministries, and tell them thank you for the Christian programming that you and I get to enjoy every single day. Don't take it for granted and don't take it lightly. And there are people uh, around the world that maybe don't have a church to attend, but isn't a blessing that the radio can go where uh, maybe uh, physically uh, a person isn't able to get to, or maybe even a Bible physically hasn't gotten yet, but the radio can get there. And I I know there's people who listen in uh, what we would call a closed country, and they get uh, this station one way or another, and to thank God for that. And uh, let's pray that God will continue these ministries, provide for their needs and those who are leading them, and that uh, so much the more would get saved and Christians encouraged uh, because of the content that they get to listen to. All right, Acts chapter 4, verse number 32. Now, Peter and John have been in a prison for preaching. The lame man was healed in chapter 3. Peter and John were arrested. They stand before the council. The council threatens them not to preach anymore in Jesus' name, or else they have no bite to their bark, but they bark loud. Peter and John say, well, I think we better obey God, not you, and we got to preach at Jesus. And so the Christians get together after Peter and John return to the assembly. They hear the report. They don't pout about it. They shout about it. They don't get scared. They get stirred up, and they go to God in prayer. They praise his name, lift him up, remind each other how good God is and how strong and powerful their God is, and uh, then they ask for more boldness. They say, we need to be spirit-filled so that we can preach the Word of God with boldness. God answers that. He fills them with the Holy Ghost. Now, I've mentioned this doctrinally. There's one baptism of the Holy Spirit. That happens when you get saved. By one spirit, are we all baptized into one body, right? The body of Christ. We're baptized into Christ when we get saved. But one baptism, many fillings. You and I are to be spirit-filled every day, but we're not. 
but we could be. The filling of the Holy Spirit is not you getting more Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit getting more of you, more of you surrendered, more of you yielded, more of you in uh, 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 compliance, more of you uh, just totally given to the leadership, the, the unction, the prodding of the Holy Spirit. So these believers now are filled with the Holy Spirit. They are emptied of self, filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit enables them to speak the Word of God with boldness. So their prayer was for boldness. The answer was, be spirit-filled. Can I say that is the answer today? The answer for everything that we stand in need of and all that we lack is the same. Okay, be spirit-filled. You want boldness? You need to be spirit-filled. You want to be comforted? Be spirit-filled. You want to have courage? Be spirit-filled. You want to be effective? Be spirit-filled. You want to have power on your preaching? Be spirit-filled. Some of these things, folks, you can't buy at the big box store or get out of a textbook. You're going to have to be filled with the power of God via the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 32, the state of the church at Jerusalem, the old Schofield Bible heads this section. It says, here's the condition of these believers, this early church, and the multitude of them that believed. So first thing is, if you're going to be a member of a church, you got to be a believer. Church is not for unconverted people, though they can come. But to be a member of a church, you got to be saved and baptized. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. So it means they all shared a common desire, a a common want, a common direction, a common aim, a common goal, a common agenda. They all with one, there was no schism. There was no division. There was no I'm better than you or we're better than that or I know more or my way is right or I don't agree. No, they all just wanted to glorify God. Oh, at its bedrock, at its root, that is what a church is. A church is a bunch of saved people that share a common goal. They're not out for personal gain. It's all about the body going forward. It's all about advancing the cause of Christ. It's all about conquering ground for the Savior. It's all about seeing sinners saved. We don't have time for petty disagreements and little meaningless arguments. No, all with one heart and one soul. It says, neither said any of them, that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. So they took all these things and said, you know what? It's mine. It's yours. You can have it. Basically, what it is is it's financial sacrifice so that the church can go forward. So this church, this early church, what we could say is a model church in some ways, is full of saved, baptized people. That's who makes up the membership. Sadly, today, if you have enough money, you can buy your way into membership. But anyway, in many churches, or if you have a nice name, or if they just want to add to their numbers, they'll let whosoever will may come, but no salvation. No salvation. All right, saved and baptized. Now, they're all in one heart, one soul. Also, they are financially sacrificing. Our church is one of the most giving churches you'll ever find. And people who don't have somehow give, and they don't just give comfortably. They give, I mean, up till it hurts. And it's amazing, and it's convicting uh, the way God has provided for this church through the sacrificial, not just tithes, but the offering, 
the giving of God's people. Tithing is expected, but I'm talking about the sacrificial giving of over and above that, and giving uh, what you don't have necessarily and let God meet the need on the back end. And by the way, you never outgive or outbless God. God is always going to come out on top in the blessing and giving uh, arena. He always comes out ahead. But this early church, they gave their land, they gave their houses, they gave their possessions, whatever they had for the work of God. And here's the result. And with great power, I love that. You got to underline great power. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So they had great power, marked by great grace. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. So here's a huge offering to get this church going forward. And I tell you this, people say, well, all you guys preach on is money. No, that's actually far from true. But I can tell you this, there's something wrong with your heart if you get up tight when we talk about giving. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And if you get sideways, been out of shape, twisted, when somebody talks about tithing or giving or a missions offering, whatever it is, meeting a financial need, then your heart is not right with God. And obviously, if your heart's not right with God, then your pocketbook's not right with God. You say, well, I can't give that to God. I'll lose. I tell you this much. God's going to get his one way or another. And God loves a cheerful giver. They laid all these things down. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, very important man in the Scripture. I'll underline that if you underline your Bible. Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. He's an encourager, Barnabas, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Paul and Barnabas. We'll read about further down in the Scripture. Barnabas, this man, uh, think about it. He, he, he's involved in this offering here early on in the church of Jerusalem. He's a giving man. He's a loving man. He's full of the Holy Ghost. He's a good man. He's a faithful man. He had land. He had a house. He sold it all. He brought that money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, up to this time, it's been nothing but power of God, prayer, unity, and revival. Sadly, we're going to find out as we study chapter 5 that a little bit of sin creeps in, and God has to take care of it. He sets an example in chapter 5. Well, we'll continue that next Bible study. You don't want to miss it. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.